Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, everyone. It's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, although some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's MasterChef After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's MasterChef After Show. Goodbye. Oh, you know, we're sad, but we're also kind of upbeat about it. Because, you know, it's sad to see you go, Francis B., but at the same time, we had such a great episode that we didn't want to start this show with the sad version of the song. We want to start with the elevator music upbeat (laughs) version of the song. So, thank you for tuning in. You, of course, are listening here to the MasterChef After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. This is Season 5, Episode 7, Top 15 Compete. I am Stephen Lemieux, joined here by my amazing co-host, Tracy uh, Probst. Hi, guys. What's up? And you may have seen him last week on his first episode of the After Show, but he'll be with us for the rest of the season. Uh, our new co-host, Zach Wilson. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in. You may remember him from such After Shows as Helix and Dominion and other things that you've been seeing him around on After Buzz. So we're excited to have him along on the panel. So um, before we get into everything, overall thoughts, what do you guys think? I like the episode. Uh, it was good. It was good. Um it didn't like blow me away. I like the episodes where they get outside the kitchen yeah. more. Um, but it was good. I mean, there was a we didn't know who we who was going home. I didn't know at least one person was going home. Yeah, that was <laughs> making me very upset. Actually, I wanted two people to go home this episode. On a scale of like one to ten, was it making you at least a five on the annoyed oh, scale? At least a nine. I so. swear we're gonna have like we have to say at least for everything on this Let's show. Let's do it. Gordon that's what they did. made it a point to make it be at least. A little bit crispy. Or at the very least, the editors wanted us to know. 
It's like this is going to be our new running joke, as in like the Shark Tank after show has. To be fair, they always say to be fair before everything. This is at least this is at mm-hmm. least a good episode. All right, so rocking it in, we get a little bit of intros with people, and we get Courtney got her mojo back, but we get a intro to Francis B, which we usually didn't get, and he talks about yeah, I'm a server from Orlando, and as soon as they start to spotlight somebody right at the beginning, oh, that's not a good sign. Right. <laughs> as soon as you see somebody um, in the spotlight, it's not a good sign. Um, we get Leslie, uh, no, sorry, that's later. Um, this is the cooking in Paris challenge. We don't get a mystery box this week. Mm-hmm. We get, let's cook in Paris. I liked that. It was interesting, and it was good choice for drama for the TV, because you know, like, you know who hates each other at this point, and since Courtney won last week, she doesn't have to be in the competition, because we all know she would have been paired up with Leslie or something. Right. Um, or but she, here's the twist. <laughs> She gets to choose who's paired up with who. Right. And they have to pair up to cook something together. Mm-hmm. And the teams are running through them real quick. Christian and Francis B., Jamie and Elizabeth, Victoria and Christine, Cutter and Dan, Big Willie and Daniel, and Iran and <laughs> Leslie, as, as Leslie says it, uh, Francis L. and Elise. So those are the teams, like, judging from these teams, like, who did you think was going to have the most friction in the kitchen? Well, definitely um, Aran and Leslie, just because they had said in the very beginning that they definitely didn't want to be paired together. So, you know, when you put something like that out there, of course you're going to get paired together because that's what strategic moves do. So they were paired together, and I thought that they were going to be absolutely the worst, but to our surprise, they actually worked pretty well together. Yeah, I mean, it was the obvious choice for these people are going to be butting heads. Um, I was honestly, I thought Dan and Cutter were going to end up making like a great team when they really? first got together. I thought those two guys look like they're both sensible and they both have like will go for a similar direction, but I was wrong. Well, it really lets you realize who you don't really know too much about on this show. Yeah. It's because we know so much about Francis B and we know so much about, um, oh, I can't think of his name. He was paired with Christian. Christian. Yeah. I mean, they featured Christian on two episodes ago with the shrimp and grits and everything. Yeah. But then we have uh, like Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth and Jamie, where we know a lot about Jamie. We don't know very much about Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we know about Victoria and Christine, like barely. At I don't know all. anything about either of them. Yeah. I still always forget Christine's even on the show, and like I feel like she would be, you know, of some relevance, but. Yeah, she, I, I'm almost like, oh yeah, she's still here. I forgot. Like, and then they were one of the winners. Like, yeah, they, they won yeah. with a pork belly wrapped monkfish over an apple risotto. They actually were one of the front running winners of this competition. You're like, who? I mean, that sounds delicious to me. It does. But there were a few that I felt like kind of stood out. I just, I did not expect. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen them on get a lot of airtime. I just didn't expect them to be the like winners of the competition. All right. Well, going from this, the teams, the the goal of the challenge is they have to cook surf and turf Mm -hmm. because they want to take two things that are of opposite melodies and put them together in a perfect harmony and that's what the teams need to accomplish so they have five minutes in the pantry of the master chef kitchen they get to choose a protein from all these amazing land proteins and amazing fish proteins i'm surprised nobody went for octopus i thought that would have been a great like way to say hey spicing up this crap right here and i'm gonna use octopus yeah but i feel like i feel like if Dan was going to use anything, octopus would have been the one to use yeah. with, like, maybe yeah. a rack of lamb and then mix that together. That would have been interesting. I don't know. I've never cooked octopus. It, se- it at least seems like something that would be difficult to nail. Well, it's, that's the interesting is that you didn't need to cook it. 
is is what I found so interesting about about this challenge is that they were doing a lot of seared stuff, but they could have done sashimi style things, and they could have done the raw seafood with the cooked steak or with the cooked lamb or something like that. That's what I wanted to look for. And they, Francis L did a little bit with the roe, but that's about as raw as we got on this competition. I wonder if that would be seen as a sort of a cheap way to do it. Like, oh, well, you didn't actually cook it. You just because we have such nice cuts of fish, you just. Well, I would have the nice cut. I think what I would have really liked to see is somebody using like using ceviche, like making a flash ceviche with some fish, and then using that on a, on some of the more heavier proteins. So then you have the light citrus flavors as well as like the really deep and rich steak. That could have been really amazing. I'm surprised they didn't do anything like a take on the Oscar steak with asparagus or hollandaise or anything like that. So I mean, they did they for how the closest thing they came to unoriginal would be Francis B and Christian Mm -hmm. because that was literally like it was basically you got a steak with with like a shrimp like a crab salad on top yeah Yeah, aside from I think the uh the pork bellied rat monkfish that would have probably been just from like at least reading the what it was would have been my like first one of my first those would be my top two choices if I saw it on a menu yeah, and I honestly if I saw if I saw a Christian Francis B's dish on the menu I'd probably order it cuz it sounded really good. I mean, just listen. We have a Moroccan rub ribeye with creamy herb cream crab topping, roasted red potatoes, green peas and crispy bacon tossed in arugula oil. Like if a server like told up and like pitched that to you you'd be like I'm sold. Yeah. But like So was it, it the plating cuz they said it looked like a school plate of food. Like I think it was they used too much topping. Literally there was like crab all over the plate and I think it was just not that challenge. This was a this was a be creative and really meld these dishes together when really you have a heavy crab topping with a heavy steak and you just didn't really do it well. Yeah, they also said the steak just wasn't seasoned enough. And it, it's like it, it's master chef. Like you you have to go all the go the distance or don't go at all. Well, I also think that when you look at a dish like that and you look at the topping, that topping did not scream, "Hey, this is seafood and this is meat." This screamed, hey, this is meat with something that could be coleslaw. It could be fake crab meat. It could be something. Mm-hmm. Like, if they had maybe, like, steamed it and kept it in the claw, but had it, like, easy to come out, like, peeled away the claw and such, like, a more yeah. attractive way of saying, hey, this is seafood and meat, but this looked like just a steak with, it could have been a cream cheese topping. It could have been anything. Something that's not, it's, it's, it's a topping as opposed to part of the same dish. Exactly. I thought this was a competition where you really had to be strategic and find that happy medium because then there was Elise and Francis L who got a little too creative and the judges didn't really like it. What did they read off what they made? Elise and Francis L. I don't know. They th- Oh, my God. Francis L was like, I want to make a chessboard with tuna. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. I, I'm and so Elise curious. No, I I'm, don't think I don't think so. I'm so curious what that means. Is did he want to take like a light piece of tuna, a dark piece of tuna, and just put on like 36 pieces? Of- Honestly, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I feel like if you if you had done like tuna squares and made a chessboard and then made steak pieces, I don't know. Like, yeah, so like funny. if you'd had like a like a white like a white meat like a pork, and it's like in between, and you could have little. Uh, like asparagus figures that oh my god you know that sounds like something amazing that like if you're really gonna do it but do it for like that sounds like an amazing concept for like hors d'oeuvres like you're making a party hey guys it's the chess championships let's make seared tuna chess board and you can take them off like each piece of time (laughs) you eat them 
you have 60 minutes to do this challenge in a surf and turf. I didn't think that was going to work, but let Elisa's face. Yeah, she was. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's going to work. I mean, there's a show where there was like a few weeks ago, somebody put like the MasterChef logo like on a soup, which I thought was like a cute little addition, and Ramsey just ripped into oh, them. Oh, yeah, that was right. That was Cutter who did that. That idea. was Cutter, yeah, oh, I think oh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Francis L. and Elise end up making a rack of lamb and crab risotto with a blood orange foam and caviar, which is just roe, yeah. And Ramsey was unimpressed. Yeah, he was not. It didn't look, I thought the foam looked kind of weird. I don't know if they all paired well together. I think that was kind of his thing. It, like, you know, I think everything maybe individually would have been great, but paired together, maybe not so much. Yeah. It I was, mean, it was so creative. It kind of just was you. You, if you were just eating it like a regular person, you'd be like, "I don't know what to do with this." Right. And this is like the third time Francis Ells used blood orange in his dish. Yeah. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah. Because like literally, how often have you ever cooked with blood orange? No. 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 Me neither. I don't even know how often I've eaten blood orange. There you go. So I feel like he likes just, it. He, he, he likes the, the name of it. I know that's. What it I mean, is. he really likes the the molecular gastronomy. Stuff, oh no! He pulled is, out the xanthan gum. Yeah, to, like it's like this, that's that's cool. It's interesting, but I don't. It's not gonna make it, it, unless it really does something to elevate the dish in a way that like just having like a blood orange like glaze or something wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Don't just leave it at home. Yeah, he he tends to go over. It's so hit or miss. It's like a fifty fifty shot if it's going to be like amazing and look awesome or just taste like crap and look awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you never know. And everyone's could, tastes are different, so you know. Yeah. I'd prefer the actual food to a foam that tastes like the food. That's just me. So, Aaron and Leslie make a pork belly tostada with kimchi fried rice and a crab guacamole. That sounded bomb. Yeah, that sounded awesome. And uh, I'm, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say I'm really glad that they actually got paired together because it really gave each of them a chance to, like, show, like, kind of their staples and, you know, really bring out their personalities. And I was glad they worked together and got along, so. You know what's interesting is that I feel like I feel like it's interesting that we only get Aaron's imagination when somebody else can do it for her. Does that make sense? No, elaborate. I feel I feel like well, all of the dishes she's made before, I feel like she or like she's made them before. But then this dish, I feel like because she had Leslie who has so much more experience making random things, mm-hmm. I feel like she could depend on him for like, oh, I'm thinking of something like this, and he can be like, oh, we could do this. So I feel like. Having somebody with more of the technical experience on these random things helped her with being able to use different variations to create something like this as opposed to just what she her knowledge. Yeah. So it's definitely powerful to have a teammate in the kitchen who has a wider knowledge base. It's a really good point. I mean, it's basically she's the young kid who has, like, all these wild ideas. Her creativity hasn't been crushed by the weight of the world yet, um, but she doesn't have the skills to pull off the things that she sees in her head. Exactly. Leslie does. It's it's basically like explaining to like a sketch artist what somebody looks like. You can't sketch it, but you know in your mind what you want to come out of it. But I like that he said that she was like the head chef. That was cool that he kind of gave her like she's the mastermind behind all of it. So. Well, Leslie was her bitch. Right, apparently. Although this is the second time we've seen Leslie kind of pass the buck when he could have been more in charge. Like he he was really quick to sort of give over that leadership role, which in one instance is like fine. It's like you're in a team, like just let somebody control it don't fight but we saw him do that when he was the captain i think it's just how he is because if you look at who he is he's a stay-at-home mom basically i mean that's i mean he's leslie seems like his personality trait is to be submissive in a way and i don't mean that as a negative thing i just mean that as like 
He passed the buck along as being a leader on this. For this, he let Arn take the lead. He stays at home, and his wife works. But like, the master chef, like, is a, is the head chef in a kitchen. That's the goal. They're not just one person. They need to be able to control a team. Yeah. But so it worked well in this competition. I'm act- He it, could not have been... They both could not have been the head chefs. And them not already getting along, like, it would have been a disaster. So, actually, him being submissive worked well for this challenge. For this challenge. But going forward, I think that's going to become more of a liability if he has to take, him. If he has to take a lead again in the next challenge, I think he'll probably go home when he has to take a lead and drops right. the ball in it. Um, we have Big Willie and Daniel making a seared ahi tuna on egg and crispy skin roe. That was the sushi. And then they had a buttermilk miso fried chicken. Sounds really good. Amazing. Sounds mouthwatering. Yeah. I'm glad I was eating during this show so I didn't get hungry. <laughs> um, I ate before. I was not going to go through that again. Let's see. Uh, Jamie and Elizabeth didn't really talk to them. Didn't see them very much at all this episode. They made a red snapper cooked with lemon yogurt marinated with lamb and roasted carrots. All right. So do you guys want to talk about Cutter and Dan Wu's dish? Yes, please. All right. Uh, seared venison loin on a... Let's make it sound good and then explain how bad it is. Okay. <laughs> yes, so a special tonight is a seared venison loin on a bed of cauliflower and parsnip, seared tuna on ponzu. Yes, it's quite delicious. <laughs> Your plate is going to be pretty empty, though. Pretty, pretty empty. I mean, it just sounds like it's just like, and this. It's, it, it's not one dish. It's two things that happen to be on the same plate. It literally looked like... You're going. You're at a party and you have one of those little paper plates, and you're like, "I'm on a diet, so I'm only going to eat a little bit." So I'm taking a cracker and a cracker, and I'm putting a little piece of tuna on this cracker and a little piece of the meat on this cracker, and then I'm going to my and plate. then three carrots in the middle, and then three carrots in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's what the plate looked like. It literally was like, "I'm a little bit dainty. I'm on a diet, but I just want to eat a little bit. I don't want to look anorexic." Yeah, yeah. It didn't. I really think it tastes better than it looks. Yeah, and he said he I'll take the credit for how it tastes. And he's like, well, it tastes horrible. So yeah, it's you bland. can have that. It's empty and ugly and it's bland. I mean, it's just started out bad. Like, this, Whereas like Leslie was just uh, – Leslie and Iran were just like, all right, so this is the plan. All right, I'm going to take lead on this and we're going to go and just get it done. These guys were butting heads from minute one. And I think that's the problem when you have – and I think that's what uh, Courtney was going for with Christian and Francis B was she thought that they would do that and they would – crash and burn because they'd be arguing over what it is. And I think Leslie was smart in that he's like, let's just go with what she wants to do for the menu and then we'll cook it because otherwise we're going to be fighting on things and then we'll never get it done. And these guys just start fighting on things and never get it done. But at the same time, this kind of showed Dan Wu's palate or lack thereof in this in that he doesn't know what meats go good together and he doesn't know what's too heavy. He doesn't know how to do a balanced dish. And I think that might have been the causes for his previous dishes not being as they could, good as they could have been. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because we, we barely have gotten to know Dan yet. Yeah. And like he seemed so calm. He's like the Zen master in this episode, except that he's not executing. He was kind of annoying me this episode. Am I the only one who got that? I, Cutter annoyed me this episode, honestly. Like, the temper tantrums and all of that coming from a military man, like, you're supposed to be, like, no man left behind. Instead, all you're doing is throwing your team member under the bus the entire time. Like, I honestly lost a lot of respect for him. Like, own it. What, you were, was he in the pantry by himself? Like, Dan was the only one in the pantry? Like, no, you were there too, and you could have grabbed just as many supplies. So don't, like, throw him under the bus. Like, he's the one who ruined everything. And I just lost a lot of respect for him. I thought that was a very immature thing to do. Yeah, but at the same time, I look at that, and I'm like, at least Cutter gives a crap. I look at Dan, and he's just like, oh, yeah. I yeah. just don't think he's going to argue. Like, have you have you ever been on a school project 
where one person doesn't doing care. More? No, not even just doing more. Just one person doesn't care and one person cares too much. That's what just happened in this show. That's what happened with Dan and Cutter because Dan was not showing any passion at all. And Cutter was like, I want to make something good. No, this is what the competition's about. They want us to fuse these two things together. And Dan's like, no, I think you're worrying too much about it. It's like, no, he wants to stay in this competition. Like, he wants to do well, and you just don't really care. Like, you're being too lax. And I feel like Cutter wasn't getting so pissed off at their lack of a menu. I think it's just Dan Wu's lack of giving a damn. Well, I mean, Ramsey straight out came out and was like, okay, you both go in, you grab a bunch of stuff, put it in a basket, and go out and then figure it out. Like, them standing there in the pantry bickering and coming out with seven pantry items and two types of meat, like, what did you accomplish? Like, okay, if you're going to argue, but at least get something done through it. Like, I I agree. He doesn't care, but care, you know? Yeah, even with those ingredients, I feel like there's more that you can do, like, to to marry it, to make it one dish, even if they don't technically, like, fit together on a palate. Like, my first thought was, okay, you get, like, the ahi tuna, you go with, like, a sushi, a sashimi type thing, and then maybe they didn't have the, the right stuff for a sauce, but, like, you do, like, a venison teriyaki. That's, like, a dish I could see working well together that's a surf and turf, and it's different than what you've seen elsewhere or well, from the other contestants first we see him say hey can you make a black and tuna and then we see cutter throwing him under the bus saying oh he's not supposed to cook that tuna at all because we're doing a sashimi that was wrong on cutter mm-hmm. but on dan why are you using a torch to black and tuna yeah that'll be so uneven like unless you have like the right no that that just seemed wrong to me. And I just the, the reason I'm kind of throwing this thrown Dan under the bus on this one is because I'm very passionate when I get into something. Mm-hmm. And when I'm working with someone who's not passionate at all, I I would rather them get the hell out than work with me. I would rather just do it myself because I don't want them to just be like, "Yeah, we can do it." And then when Dan says, "Let's not worry about it. Let's just put it on a plate." Well, it looks like all you did was just put it on a plate for this competition. So you kind of took your quote literally and look how well it did for you. But don't you think Dan was a little scared? I mean, Cutter's kind of a big guy and all he's doing is screaming and yelling. And I'm not trying to get zen, but you can put negative energy into your food. And I think that's exactly what they did. And that's why it came out so horrible because Cutter was yelling and complaining the entire time. Like, it's hard to sit there and hear someone tell you about yourself for 30 minutes while you're working with them and trying to create a dish. Like, ridiculous. Like, just be quiet, get it done, and then deal with it later, you know? Like, well, I just... we learned who does not make a good team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the winners were Victoria and Christine as well as, um, who's the other winner? We got Jamie and Elizabeth. And oh, yeah, then... Victoria and Christine win, and then the thing, ones yeah. that are safe are Jamie and Elizabeth, Leslie and Aaron, Daniel and Willie, and between the three, Christian Francis B., Kodo Dan Wu, and Elise and Francis L., who is safe? commercial break (laughs) (laughs) at least in francis l because they were at least creative yeah i mean they we were discussing like uh like uh there was some like between christian and uh and francis b because their dish wasn't great it but it it, ever and um elise and francis l i'm trying to keep my francis's Mm -hmm. straight um which one of them deserves to go up like it seems like uh christian and francis b was a little bit better Maybe mm-hmm. tasting, but it didn't go the distance. I mean, obviously, Cutter and Dan are in the bottom. That was obvious. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know. I'd have to. You'd have to taste the dishes to really know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I guess, just from a watching it standpoint, like at least Elise and Francis L tried something. They yeah. they went out on a limb with that, and, and it, it looked like they worked. They worked well enough together. Yeah, and that was the point of the kind of the partnership thing was they worked together. They did. Joe did kind of give a dig to Elise. It's like, oh, are you doing the onions? Is that why you're making them ten times bigger than they need to be? Right. Got it. Good. Yeah. Yeah, but at least, it, and there was, like, some finesse in there. Like, you saw skills, even if it wasn't perfect. Yeah. So I'll give him to that. So the pressure test is not a team challenge. <laughs> the two teams have to split up and become four people of their own volition to create. And I loved I loved Ramsey's speech. This is America. <laughs> so we're going to make spring rolls. <laughs> what? Yes, perfect sense. All a right. British man saying this is America about a Chinese food. Happy Fourth of July. This is America. Makes spring <laughs> Um So they give him flour, eggs, vegetables, hoisin sauce, soy sauce, togarashi, togarashi, and mirin and plum sauce. And they have to make spring rolls. So it's Christian, Francis B, Cutter, and Dan Wu. Coming out of this, you really think Dan Wu is going to knock it out of the park. Because he's Chinese. He lived in China. Spring rolls are technically Thai. But still, I mean, you'd think it, he'd know something similar. And it's something, uh, like, of all of them, he's the only one that was like, oh, yeah, I've made this before a bunch of times. And he used the pasta roller, which I thought was a good technique just to to thin out the dough. And everyone was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. So I was like, mm, he has his, like, moves. So. Yeah, and, like, I thought he'd do super well. And it looked like a sauce. His sauce did look really good. So mm-hmm. his sauce actually did come out really well. Um, Christian was having a little bit of trouble. And Joe jo was, like, intimidating him, like, for a good, like, 30 seconds. Like... You know, I'm not putting it into the sauce. I'm putting it in the trash again if it's not good. <laughs> right. It's like, dude, just let me cook. Leave me the hell alone. But they said he was the most confident, though. I like that. They're like, Christian's the only one who actually looks like he knows what he's doing. Like, I was like, that's awesome. Shows his confidence. I think Francis B was the best setup for success in watching him cook. Because, honestly, him using the glass noodles and you saw how he used the bean sprouts and he, like, put the thing together. I thought his were going to be the best. Until he just didn't leave them in the fryer long enough. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to try to crisp them in a pan with oil. It looked like he just didn't turn on his fryer early enough. I think that might have been it. The The oil might not have been hot enough. And But the pan thing, the reason you don't cook it in, the reason you don't cook it a second time is because when you are, when you're frying something like that in a fryer, it's free floating. And it has a chance for all the aeration in the dough to pop and like blow the dough out and create and create that crispiness, create that fluffiness. But then when you take it out of that, it wants to settle and harden in that crispiness. But then if you're going to completely saturate it again, not floating in pressure this time on a pan with cold, yeah, it's just going to absorb everything as opposed to become light and airy in the dough. Yeah, I think the pan was basically his like. Oh no, it's not going to cook in time. I'm going to either serve them something that's not cooked or serve them something that's cooked wrong. Yeah. And I guess that's, and I think that's inevitably, I think that's what ended up setting him home. If he, the only way he could have saved himself was to put him back on the fryer and just cook him in the fryer, like as, for as long as possible and take them out right at the end and like try to, yeah, get as much grease off him as he could. The, the pan killed him though. Um, but other than that, they looked really good. Uh, his sauce was goopy. He didn't do very well. Let's see. Uh, cutter, bell pepper, carrot, mushroom, and bok choy, lemongrass, mint, infused, infused plum sauce. Basically, his were just no filling. They were all dough, and Joe totally burns him hardcore 
where he's like, you know, I just don't work as a team. Well, sometimes you don't work very well on your own. Yeah. See, he should have gone home. I'm sorry. He got two exes. He's already been kind of like sketch in this competition anyway. I was ready to see him go, honestly. I don't like complainers in the show. Yeah. And he was complaining a lot today. Because like we see we see people who screw over other people earlier in the episodes, like other episodes, and they're like, yeah, and they say stuff under their breath. Like Jamie would be like, well, if I had a third one, mm-hmm. but this was straight up. Dan Wu made me lose. I can't rhyme with lose. <laughs> I'm Cutter. Yeah, there. He's gonna go home and drink some booze until he feels better. Because he's Cutter. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. High five. All on right. That. There we go. Yeah. Um, We're but, white, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it just, I guess, the, what it was, it, it's like cutters. It, we boil it down to the competition to like, he, yeah, he was complaining a lot. Like, he's being like, kind of a dick. He, it, if you just, it has to come down to the food. And it's like the food and the technique, like the cooking skills that went into it. And I think that's really, Cutter, like, didn't do great, but did. But did he show less professionalism? I don't know. I think he did a little bit. And I think that he made one of the biggest mistakes you can make when you're making anything that you fry that contains things on the inside is you didn't seal it. Yeah. So when it opens in the fryer, that's not because, oh, my God, the fryer made it open in the fryer. That's because you prepped it wrong. You should realize you're literally putting a food bag. You're putting food in a edible bag and sealing it to fry it. That is basically what an egg roll is, or any dumpling for that matter. You're putting food in something edible and frying that together so it becomes a layered edible deliciousness. Have you guys ever had, like, uh, what is that called? When you... I'll think of it later. It's where you go and you have, like, shumai and you have all the dumplings and things like that. Dim sum. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dim sum. Love dim sum. All of that food is, like, usually the same thing. They cook it inside other things, so it's got to be sealed. Mm. Sorry, total tangent. Yeah. But, that, but that one that opened up, he didn't serve. He was he had enough time to make to another redo one. it and get another set out in time. So, like, I guess in terms of the competition, that one doesn't count against him. It does, though. He had nothing inside the other ones. It was like nothing. Even yeah. then, it didn't look like they were crispy. Yeah, they that's were all they were doughy. doughy. So. Instead of focusing on cooking those other ones as long as they need to be, he was freaking out about that one and not paying as much attention to making them golden brown and crispy. And I think if he had made a solid egg roll, like like a really good one, like five really good egg rolls with a good sauce, that would have been better than freaking out about the one he was missing. Yeah. Well, would it? If he didn't deliver, like if you're, I guess this is the question, like at a restaurant, if you're out at a restaurant and you get... You order six egg rolls. That's true. They might have just thrown it out for that. Or too, six spring rolls. He, he only delivers five. I feel like that's enough that he's just disqualified. Because the, the 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 rules. The, yeah. The uh, challenge was six spring rolls in sixty minutes. True. Mm, I don't know though. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to decide what the judges would yeah. do because they're always so tedious with that. Because they were going to send home at least. One person tonight. <laughs> right. But even with the donut challenge, somebody had 16 in a box of dozen, and they weren't like, we asked for a dozen. Like, I don't know if they're so locked on the number rather than the product. And he had no sauce. He had no sauce. They were like, oh, this has enough for, like, what, like, what is this? 
Yeah. Yeah. Although, in fairness, if, again, if you ordered at a restaurant and you got four more than you ordered, Yay! you're like, this but is great. But they're not even cooked. It's like when you go to, yeah. like, In-N-Out and you get an, an onion ring in your french fries. <laughs> guys, I'm hating on Cutter this episode. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, you really are. You guys can't say anything to me so let's, otherwise. So let's cut, out, let's cut out Cutter right now and go to Dan Wu. <laughs> Dan Wu, I forgot everything that was in it. Vermicelli, water chestnuts, mushrooms, soy, sriracha, and his or sauce was soy sauce, sriracha, ponzu, mirin, and plum sauce. Of course, because he has, he knows all these Asian flavors go well together. Mm-hmm. Hoisin sauce is basically, he's basically making his own hoisin sauce and a spicy one with that, with the ponzu. Because ponzu is very tangy. It's got that, like, bite to it. It's vinegary. And then mirin is like a like a wine sauce. So that sounds like a good sauce. His other, his spring rolls don't sound all right. And, uh, yeah, it was just too much casing. Literally, he didn't have any filling in them. And it looked, they looked good. Mm-hmm. They looked amazing. Yeah, they did look good. But there was nothing to them. Like if I got if I got spring rolls and it was like nothing but dough, I'd be pissed. Yeah, but I the mean, sauce was good. Sauce he was had good. the like the technique to to roll it, but there was the pasta roller, I guess that that it, did it backfire on him. Like this is what I'm not sure about. Like they they specifically call attention to it. Like why didn't you roll it? And then the he the dough was too thick. Like. He either didn't set the pasta roller right, or... The dough wasn't too thick, though. I think it was that he just rolled them too tight with not enough filling. Oh, is that Like, what... he didn't... Like, he might have cut them too small for the thickness of the dough, but he could have made up for that by making them longer and putting more filling in. So I feel like it might be more than one thing that's going wrong with it, but at the same time, if you don't have filling in it, like, it's not going to be good. It doesn't matter how thick oh, your yeah, dough yeah, is yeah. if you don't have any filling in it to begin with. Right. Agreed. You could stuff it more, and then that thins out the. Look, I've had I've had egg rolls that are bursting at the seams with yeah. stuff, and they're still like together and not leaking anything, and they're awesome. delicious. This made me want egg rolls. Like, yeah. I really want to get spring rolls right now. Um, so Christian steps forward. He's the best of the night. Good job, Christian. Yeah, because Christian had uh, the veggie medley spring rolls, red carrots, cabbage, spicy glazed sweet sauce, and yeah, good flavor. Everyone was like, "These are bomb." He brought it. He did bring it. People were kind of ragging on him this episode. Like, they were almost building him up as if he was going to go home, but he just... He brought it all the way up to the balcony. Yeah, right beside (laughs) Courtney, who wanted him to leave. (laughs) Then they have Dan Wu step forward. I expected more about the sauce safety to go up to the balcony. And you're like, (laughs) thank you, Gordon, for for the... And at this point, we know Cutter's going home no matter what. Right. Like, we're all just like, okay, well, bye, Cutter. Bye. The question now is, like, uh, are they sending Francis B. home or are they sending both of them home? I mean, basically, we're like, they're either sending Cutter home or they're sending both, both of, of them, them home. home. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Cutter, you're cleaving the floor and drinking the balcony. Or no, Cutter, you're leaving. Yeah. The floor and going up to the balcony. Th- that was one of the ones that went, like, a huge mile to just trick us. Exactly. Like, it wasn't like the, and you're going upstairs. It was just like, it was like, how how many sentences can you string together to tease us? It's literally, as you know, you both have one foot out the door on MasterChef 5. <laughs> We're sending at least one person home tonight. Hashtag at least one. Francis, Cutter, you are both... In big trouble. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what he did. But I'm oh, sorry, no, Cutter. You're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> the floor and going up to the balcony. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> no, the, that was actually a perfect <laughs> recap. Yeah. Bravo for that. That was exactly what happened. It's like, thank you. It's like, it's not a victory. It's a lucky escape. <laughs> Five seasons in, he's gotten really good at the <laughs> fake out. <laughs> Five seasons, more like, look at Hell's Kitchen, look at everything he's done. God. That's probably the like their favorite part of the job he's so like psyching with like people out gordon has 17 seasons under his belt to my knowledge of just like building suspense for commercial breaks and knowing exactly when they are um francis b it's been a free for all from the top to the bottom and take off your apron you're going home bye na 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 keep your head up hey hey, hey. (laughs) goodbye francis b um so I wonder at this point, this is always what what makes me curious, is like how much of what happened in in episodes previous affects today. Like, does the fact that Francis B was at first showing really good, and then once they started challenging him more, he just sort of fell down to nothing? Honestly, I think it's just been a series of unfortunate events. Honestly. I mean, if you look at the previous competitions, it's not like he's done terribly. It's no. just been... He, it's like Schindler's List. <laughs> All right. Where gonna, are okay, you going with I'll just, let you finish with that one. <laughs> from, from a directorial standpoint, it was his Schindler's List. He did amazing in the beginning and nothing else later can compare. So doing average, like everyone else is doing average to slide by, he can't go back to doing average because it shows itself more. Okay. It's like once you have a masterpiece, you have nowhere to go but down. Right. So he was like great up here. But everyone else is down here. Every, sorry, to the camera. Everyone else is down here. He's up here. So as soon as he goes to down here, it's much more noticeable than these people staying here. I just still think there's a lot of worse chefs on MasterChef right now than him. I Elise, do too. Cutter. But I mean, Big Willie, he was a huge front runner and he was doing awesome, awesome, awesome. And, you know, he's kind of leveled out, like hasn't had as much airtime, kind of just, you know, been staying like on track that I don't think that Francis B should have gone. But Big Willie hasn't messed up yet. Yeah, I he's feel like Big Willie keeps solid. passing. Yeah. So he he's just not being featured as much, but he's still Yeah, I guess you're right. And his food's looks like pretty good. It's not it it's not bad. like anything's looked bad. They're really he's setting just... Courtney up for a huge fall though. Like yeah. they're really like the episode she goes home, like I feel like she's gonna go insane and really mess stuff up. We we like her a little bit too much right now. I think we like her a little bit more because she looks like Joyce Ajuri, who we yes. do shows with here. <laughs> so like looks weird. exactly like one of our other hosts at After Buzz TV, but at the same time she's cool, so I'm like it was, on, it was that and like I when they introduced her, her just being producer's dream girl. I was, <laughs> it was just like this the character's shoes. fun. Tracy's like I hate oh this my girl. God. Why are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh. I Go th- ahead. Continue. I think the shoes are hilarious. I'm waiting for a heel to break mid-cook. Oh, God, that'd be terrible. Like, you're holding, like, a pan of oil and, like, the heel breaks. Well, they, they oh That's God. some Final Destination crap right there. Oh, I was more... Well, they always have that, like, episode where somebody cuts their hand and, like, they have to go to, like, the, the medic halfway through the competition and it's like they have to get gloves on and do this whole thing. It's like, will they finish in time? And for her, it's going to be a broken ankle from her heels. That would be terrible. Okay, well, that covers the episode. Should we get into predictions? Let's do it. And now, you're after Buzz TV. So in the previews, we see that they have to work in a shiny diner setting, as well as, like, American Classico food, and uh, also red velvet cake. What do you guys think? Who's going to do poorly in the diner setting, and who's going to do poorly at the cake? 
Leslie and Iran are both going to do bad in the dining room. The In the, the diner? diner? The diner. Oh, dude, I think Leslie's going to kill it. You think? It's literally breakfast food. Like, you think a stay-at-home dad doesn't know how to make breakfast food? He knows how to make breakfast food for five people. Now do it That's rapid true. fire. That's true. Yeah. Like your finesse, on the flat top, yeah. your finesse goes out the window when you have to supervise ten different orders that are all a little bit different. That's true. I agree. I don't think Leslie's going to do well in this competition. Um, I think that Big Willie and Courtney are probably going to kill it. I think Christian and Big Willie are going to be the front runners next right, episode. Christian. I think for the red velvet cake, I, I'm seeing Jamie go home. Is that terrible? Yeah. The baker, really? and I'm seeing her go home on red velvet cake. No way. Elise. 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 I mean, she does oh. seem to, as much as like she was introduced to us as the pie lady, she seems to have messed up every pie that they've put in front of her. Well, at the diner, they serve pie. So if Elise, oh my God, what if Elise goes home during the diner? She messes up another pie. <laughs> and then Leslie, and not Leslie, um, and then Jamie gets sent home for the red velvet cake because she has that stigma that she has to be up here with her baker dudes and then it's not going to fall. It's going to fall flat. <gasps> Interesting. The suspense. Dun, 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 dun. Hmm. It's very, uh, that'd be crazy if they sent two people home at different times. They will. In the two That's people will it's go like the, home next week. Because we haven't seen that <laughs> at least Two people will go home next because we haven't seen that since the first episode where they just sent people home at random times during the show. Yeah, yeah. but I like that. Yeah, me I like too. the fact it that you're never safe. Suspenseful. And they just did it two weeks ago on Hell's Kitchen, where midway through the service, like, go home. You're done. Right. They've, they've been saying it too much not to at least in the next few at episodes. Least. Okay, the next episode, or I'm <laughs> over it. I'm gonna call up Joe. You're gonna call and up tell Joe. Tell him what it is. Yeah, I will. Big <laughs> Willie, you must at least make two of your competitors go home. At least. Or we will not be satisfied. Seriously, we're gonna be we're gonna be angry after show hosts. Yeah. Not really. We're just gonna watch and we're still gonna cover the show. But that has been the show, actually. Uh, thank you for watching. This has been AfterBuzz TV's after show for Master Chef, Master Chef Season Five, Episode Seven. Fifteen chefs compete. I have been your host for the evening, Stephen Lemieux. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S C P H E N L E M I E U X. Check out my Twitter, where we just tweeted out an Instagram video of. Uh, me prepping for the MasterChef after show by flipping a seven egg omelet in one go in the pan. It was very out. impressive. Check that out on Instagram at SRLemieux, S R L E M I U X. Uh, where can we find you, Zach? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson, T H A T Z A C H W I L S O N. And also here at AfterBuzz, I'm doing the Dominion show right now, Leftovers, and starting up the strain in a few weeks. And Tracy? You guys can find me on Twitter at T R A C I A B T V or on Instagram at T R A C I P R O. All right, thanks so much for joining us again for this week's MasterChef After Show. We will be back next Monday at 9 p.m. Pacific time if you want to watch live at AfterBuzzTV.com. See you then. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After Shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.